The Giants have signed Cuban slugger Jorge Soler to a three-year, $42 million contract. Immediately adds a ton of power to this lineup. He had 36 homers last year. Pure DH kind of shakes up the roster a little bit. What are the ramifications? Who is Jorge Soler? What does he bring to the team next? You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, coming up on five years hosting Locked on Giants, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever it is that you get your podcast, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not, have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. More on that later. But Obviously, the news of the hour, the news of the 2 a.m. hour, in my case, is that the Giants signed Jorge Soler. Susan Slusser was the first to report it, um, you know, reporting that they agreed to a three-year deal with Soler and that it was pending a physical. That's obviously the scariest words that Giants fans can hear. Every deal, though, is pending a physical, so it's not unusual, but we just had, you know, nightmare scenario last season with Correa last offseason but Jorge Soler like we we literally just did an episode last night talking about how he wanted a three-year deal reportedly but other teams were including the Giants were like balking at that third year well he gets it he gets that third year he turns 32 on February 25th so he'll play all of this his first year at 32 and then second year at 33 third year at 34 um but This is a guy who just adds a ton of power. Like when I think of Jorge Soler, the first thing I think is power. And the Giants have not had a hitter hit 30 home runs in a season since 2004, Barry Bonds. So we're talking literally 20 20 years. This will be the 21st season, like because if you count 2004 and 2024, 21 seasons like they may finally break the streak he had 36 homers last year he led i believe all of baseball certainly the american league in homers in 2019 with 48 um and over his last since that season in 2019 he's averaged uh 30 home runs per like 530 something plate appearances so basically if the if the if the man plays, he hits 30 homers. And you might think, oh, what about the ballpark? Well, we have on Baseball Savant, using kind of StatCast data, the expected home runs by park. And it says, note, this tells how many of the players' home runs would have been 
out of other stadiums. This accounts for different wall heights, distances, and environmental effects. You know how before the game they show like the wind patterns and all that? This is accounting for that. So it's kind of an incredible thing. And it says something about the Blue Jays when they, in the COVID year when they didn't play in Toronto, blah, blah, blah. But it says last year, uh, Solaire obviously hit 36 homers. And if all of his games were played at Oracle Park, he would have hit 32. So we're not talking like a huge drop off there. And then the season in which he hit 48 homers in reality, if he played all of his games at Oracle Park, he would have hit 42. So again, that's not a huge decline. And actually, if we look at 2021, he hit 30 homers. And it says if he played all his games at Oracle Park, he would have hit 36. So I think a lot of that is that he hits, he just hits the ball hard, like all in the air, all over the field. Um, and a lot of balls to center included. And Oracle Park has that shallow center field now once they added the bullpens. Three, uh, 391 feet to dead center, I think, is the shortest dead center in baseball. And so if you look at his you know, baseball savant page, 83rd percentile in walk rate last year. What I love to see, 93rd percentile in expected weighted on base average. So that's very much a mouthful, but it's a weighted on base average is a really relevant, very, it's like the most robust and kind of complete offensive statistic. It's not park adjusted, um, but being 93rd percentile in the most complete and robust offensive metric is quite good. Um and his barrel rate was 91st percentile at 15%. So basically, the man can hit. There, There is some swing and miss. There is some strikeout um, tendencies. But he can hit. He cannot really defend. If we look at his career kind of defensive numbers, they're not good. And we've kind of done this exercise before as we have heard the Giants linked to Solaire. And so I'm trying to find defensive runs saved in his career in the outfield, minus 55, minus 55 defensive runs saved in 4,000 innings ish, 4,017 <clears throat> innings. And outs above average, they didn't start measuring this until 2016, minus 24 outs above average. And then ultimate zone rating. And the number spits out negative 23, and that's runs above average. So, and that's, he's never played center. This is only in the corners. So he's a DH. And the reason I've been like, I, you know, mailbags earlier in the offseason, we got questions about the feasibility, like of the Giants signing Jorge Soler. And I initially kind of wrote it off because I didn't think that they would go out there and sign a dedicated DH, like just somebody who just kind of fills that DH spot and doesn't really see time in the outfield. You might be thinking Jock Peterson, but I would also add Jock Peterson is very different because he does not face left-handed pitching ideally. Whereas with Jorge Soler, we will pull up the platoon splits, but he's not a guy that would be platooned. And that is reflected in this contract. So it's not just that, oh, Gabe Kapler's gone and so, therefore, they're not going to platoon him. It's more like Jock Peterson, if you look at the numbers, has historically been terrible against left-handed pitching and really good against right-handed pitching. And so you platoon him. 
And that was reflected in his contract. Uh, the initial one he took from the Giants, one year, six million. And then the one he just got from the D-backs, another one year deal, I believe. And so anyway, we'll get to Jorge uh, Soler's platoon splits and then the the ramifications that this signing has on the rest of the roster. A lot of people online, you know, as I'm reading, talking about how this <clears throat> would seem to indicate that that they may need to move a J.D. Davis or a Michael Conforto. Do I agree with that assessment? We'll kind of break down how Solaire's, the Solaire signing affects the rest of the roster momentarily. And before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered i personally have used them for style on my vehicles and been i've literally been happy with the results a hundred percent of the time with over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Alrighty, as promised, I want to get into the platoon splits. Also, I, I do want to discuss the personality, not just the numbers, but the person, Jorge Soler, and what he brings to the San Francisco Giants. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, every dayers. Tomorrow, more on this signing. Tomorrow is the day when teams can add players to the 60-day injured list, clearing up a 40-man roster spot. And so I'm not surprised by the timing of this reported agreement. It could be they had an agreement last week and, and they just kind of waited until now uh, to kind of finalize it, I guess you could say. But anyway, we'll get to mailbag questions, more on this, and, and maybe more moves to come. You know, we'll see those 60-day moves and all that. So Anyway, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. All right, so more on Jorge Soler. I want to get into the platoon splits because I always feel like this is a situation or like a, an aspect of the game that I don't want to say is not fully understood, but like, you know, people have problem with a problem with the Giants platooning. It's not that they just choose to platoon everybody. It's that they platoon players who ought to be platooned. And so that's more of like a decision to sign certain players type of thing than a like managerial type decision you know it's a personnel decision rather than a managerial decision so 
Solaire, not a platoon player. You're not giving out three years, 42 million and platooning a guy. That's just not how it works. So in his career, he's only been a little better than average against right-handed pitching. But still, if you look at Jock Peterson, he's been like, what, 30, 40% below average against left-handed pitching as a left-handed hitter. So Solaire against same-handed pitching is still producing at an above average level and his power is still there 210 isolated power significantly better than average what's what what we're going to see here is that his on base percentage against right-handed pitching in his career is 323 and the isolated power 210 so let's remember those numbers and then look at left-handed pitching in his career the on base percentage jumps from whatever 323 to 348 and the isolated power jumps to 269. So he's a, he's just a monster against left-handed pitching. And I really want to look at kind of more recently, if we go from 2019 against left-handed pitching, he's got a isolated power of 307. I would venture to guess that that's one of the top five in baseball. Um, right-handed hitters versus left-handed pitching since 2019 307 isolated power is crazy he's 557 plate appearances 41 homers five that's like not a full season's worth of at bats and he's got 41 homers against lefties in 500 that's that's crazy that's crazy talk with a 348 on base percentage so since 2019 against right-handed pitching he's got a 110 Weighted runs created plus 326 on base, 230 isolated power. So he's not as good against same handed pitching, but he's also still above average. And so what you have here is an above average bat, no matter kind of who's on the mound. Um, and if it's a lefty on the mound, look out because he is one of the most dangerous power threats in the game. This guy, I mean, he's just got, he's, Check out his Instagram. If you're on Instagram, look up Jorge Soler and look at some of the workouts that he's been up to. And you'll see what I'm talking about. The man is ripped and he brings a lot of flair. And this is a team that has been like kind of dull to watch in the last couple of seasons. And even I got some complaints from people or like people kind of pointing out that even in 2021, when they won 107 games, there was just something about uh, the team that was, I mean, Gabe Kapler's kind of mantra, he was always talking about not getting too high or too low. Whereas you watch these other teams like the Marlins last year with Jorge Soler on the, on the team, you know, they get high all the time. <laughs> high meaning, you know, they get excited and they get, they have flair and they do bat flips and they wear uh, funny hats and chains and stuff when they hit homers in the dugout. And they do little dances and whatever. And Jorge Soler has been a huge part of that, like kind of a leader in that way. And so, you know, they don't, he's, he's Cuban. They don't have any other Cuban players on their roster, but, you know, I just think he's going to bring an element of kind of pizzazz that the team has been lacking. And I, I hope that they're not done and, and we're going to get into like I said, what this means for the rest of the roster, but also what it, where do they stand now payroll-wise? Where do they stand in relation to the luxury tax? But Jung-Hoo Lee is a character 
you know, I, I don't know how well it meshes and translates, you know, Korean to Cuban. Like that's, you're going to have to, something might be lost in translation there, but you've got two guys that you've brought in on three, a three-year deal for Solaire, a six-year deal for Jung Hoo Lee with an opt-out after four. So by the way, five players the Giants have brought in on three plus year deals, including the trade for Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray does have an opt-out after after this season, but it's kind of a no-brainer. It was kind of a no-brainer move. And even if he opts out, all the downside is simply that you don't owe Mitch Haniger 15 and a half million next year. And you lose if he opts out, it means he pitched well, but it it's not like they were the original signing team. And so I don't really consider it a, a problem. And, and you got off the hook for Mitch Hanniger, who was really bad. So anyway, I think it's not quite enough. I think they need to do more. But the offense, for sure, as long as this guy's healthy, got a lot better. And, you know, he's not going to be platoon. He's just going to be in the middle of the lineup, DHing. Maybe like in an emergency playing in the outfield, certainly he's capable. He's played 4,000 plus innings in the outfield in his major league career, but would seem to me that he's a pure DH here. And that's where the rest of the roster ramifications come in because we've discussed like if you sign a Matt Chapman to play third base, what happens to J.D. Davis? And you might say, well, oh, move him to first base, have him platoon with Lamont Wade. But then what happens to Wilmer Flores? You might say, put him at DH. And then I would say, Jorge Soler is there. And so does it like take them out on Matt Chapman? Are they now committed to J.D. Davis? Or do you still go out and get a Matt Chapman? And then is J.D. Davis a trade piece to get something else that you need more? Um, so all of these are questions. And then there, there was also an Andrew Baggerly kind of I can't tell if it was a report or if it was kind of just a guess, but he talked about the Giants wanting to go into the season with a pretty stable outfield that was like Luis Matos in left field. And that was kind of a shocker in a way, not because I don't think he should play left. I think that he didn't do a great job in center. And so I do think he probably should play left, at least for now. Um, and they got Jung Hoo Lee, and so he's going to be their center field center fielder. Um, but I just don't see them handing an everyday role to Matos, and I do see room for Conforto. Whereas Baggerly kind of suggested that it was going to be Matos and left and Conforto at DH, um, at least in a platoon. And I don't know who, I guess Wilmer Flores. None of that, that doesn't really make sense unless you add other players. And so... I'm going to get into that, kind of the the ramifications, kind of fully explain what I'm talking about and where they are payroll-wise now, adding $14 million a year, and where are they in relation to the luxury tax, how much money is left up until you reach that first luxury tax threshold, and all of that momentarily. And before we get into it, I want you to know that today's episode is brought to you by none other than... America's number one sports book, and that is FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. I'm just right now checking out the uh, odds to make the playoffs in the Western Conference and the Golden State Warriors at plus 124. That's the odds that I'm looking at today. That is uh, sixth highest as far as I can tell, at least in terms of what's being offered here, plus 124 to make the playoffs. So you can check that out and so much more like clutch player of the year. Steph Curry is the leading candidate, etc. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. All right, as promised, we are going to just kind of kind of continue to to map out how does the signing of Jorge Soler uh, impact the Giants roster. There's been a lot of suggestion that it like means another move is to follow. I don't quite see that. I, I'm not saying that another move is not to follow, but I don't see it as a necessity. I think that they they could roll into the year with this exact configuration of position players that I'm about to lay out. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow. Uh, we've got a lot of mailbag questions left over, but if there's any more news, you know, putting guys on the 60-day IL, perhaps signing additional players, perhaps a, a past physical by Jorge Soler, all of that will, you know, will be on top of it no matter what is the most pertinent uh, topics for the show, but in case nothing happens, which most of the offseason that has been the case, we do have a lot of uh, really intriguing mailbag questions that we'll get to. So anyway, I kind of mapped this out and and you know discovered a thirteen person uh, offensive unit that I think makes sense for the San Francisco Giants, and that like like you could lay out a I don't want to say a lineup like like your roster 13 your your roster is 26 players and I've I've found 13 position players and they all make sense and so I don't see the the necessity to make a move on the position player side but it doesn't hurt to upgrade that's but some people are acting like this means you have to trade Conforto you have to trade JD Davis I don't see that in fact if you chip if you trade JD Davis you don't have a third baseman like who's your third baseman and so I don't understand that at all actually so I've got um my 13 players Jung Hu Lee in center Tyro Estrada second base Lamont Wade in a platoon at first base, Jorge Soler, DH, Michael Conforto, platoon in left field with Luis Matos is how I see that. Uh, Wilmer Flores as uh, platoon at first base with Lamont Wade. Mike Yastrzemski, platoon in right field with Austin Slater. Patrick Bailey, everyday catcher. Right now, Marco Luciano is kind of penciled in as that starting shortstop no platoon there tom murphy backup catcher we're at 10 right now and then you've got jd davis as your like starting third baseman and that's 11 and then austin slater is 12 and then luis matos would be 13 so who on that list like is i don't want to say expendable but 
you'd have to replace them. So it's a it's a complete group, but I'm not saying it's a perfect group that you should go into the season with. Now, where are the areas for improvement? I mean, if you sign Matt Chapman, I do think that is an upgrade over J.D. Davis. And if you were to sign Chapman, then that does make J.D. Davis expendable because otherwise he doesn't really have a spot. Um, he, he's, you know, Flores is already platooning at first in this scenario. Soler is taking up the DH at bats. Davis is not versatile enough to be kind of a valuable bench piece. And so maybe this just means you're not signing a Matt Chapman. And maybe the move instead is have is to bring in a shortstop and have Marco Luciano competing at third with J.D. Davis, with uh, Casey Schmidt, just make it a competition and and have guys earn it. And that's kind of depth, right? Guys get hurt. And then say J.D. Davis wins that role and you send Luciano down or something, you know, maybe you trade for a Willie Adamas and then third base becomes a competition. Uh, Willie Adamas only on, you know, a one-year deal and then he reaches free agency. Um, but, you know, and then Luciano competes for third and say J.D. Davis gets hurt. Then you've got a Schmidt and a Luciano to kind of be that depth. And then that becomes really good depth. And also at shortstop, if Willie Adamas got hurt, you've got the depth of a Marco Luciano. And so uh, I kind of, there's definitely room for improvement. And in that scenario, I'm not sure that I even have like a backup middle infielder at all. Um, I don't. I've got two backup outfielders and Wilmer Flores on my bench if there's a right-handed pitcher plus a backup catcher. And so I think there is a case to be made that you need a another player capable of playing shortstop that's on the bench instead of who I don't know so that's maybe where you you come into like saying uh, but if you take away JD Davis you need a third baseman so it, it is a little bit complicated I think it's incomplete I think that there's still work to be done um, and in terms of the finances so this ups the Giants payroll to an estimated 168 million dollars which is about 30 million under where they were last year. And I keep pointing out they were cruising around 160 something for several years. And then they went up to 190 something last year, but they got $30 million handed to them from MLB for the $900 million sale of MLB's <clears throat> remaining stake in BAMTech that they sold to Disney. And so when when Greg Johnson talks about breaking even, uh, and you see a trend of spending a hundred and call call it one hundred and sixty five million a year on payroll, and then suddenly one year you get thirty million dollars extra and you spend one hundred and ninety five million, it starts to look pretty clear because right now they're at about one hundred and sixty five again, and so if they don't do anything else, then it's just super obvious that that's kind of where they're setting a budgetary limit. Um, maybe they make an exception for a special kind of player, but if this is it, it would be in line with the trend of spending and it would be disappointing because I, I think that, I mean, there's some good free agents out there. Blake Snell would make them a heck of a lot better. I think uh, they've talked about improving the left side 
infield defense and haven't done it yet. And so I don't think they're done. But at the same time, they're going to have to push past where they've been payroll wise, minus that year where they got that extra 30 million. So luxury tax wise, according to roster resource, they're at about $213 million, which leaves $24 million ish to go before they hit that first luxury tax threshold. And that that's average annual value. That's not total money. So it's not like, oh my gosh, you can't sign even a, a player for like three years, 30 million because you only have 24. It means per year. So you, you know, you could sign a guy to a 10 year, $230 million contract and come in under the luxury tax because that per year number is 23 and you need to get to 24 to hit that threshold. And so, you know, I, I, I threw this out on like Slack in a channel I'm in, but if you say Blake Snell, 24 million a year times six years, 144 million, like you could theoretically do six years, 144 million for Snell and be like under the luxury tax. And you also have the chance and option and possibility of trading away some guys who are making some money if your goal is to stay under the luxury tax and you still want to sign players. Like you could, you could trade a JD Davis and sign a Matt Chapman and that would clear money while spending money at the same time. So that could change the calculation. But basically there's room, there's wiggle room still. Um, They're not right up against the luxury tax. There's still 24 ish million dollars to go, even with the addition of Jorge Soler pending a physical Pending a physical, pending a physical. <laughs> I'm never going to assume, but man, check out his Instagram. The dude's in good shape. My goodness. That's why he's got so much power. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers. More on Solaire, more mailbag questions tomorrow. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. I don't even think I mentioned that yet. And also, just want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national uh, sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and sincere thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. I'm hyped on, on the edition, but I hope that they do more. I think they need to do more. So more on that tomorrow. But thanks again for listening. Today, you are now Locked on Giants.